Welcome to Moving Target, my Rockfin exclusive. Joining me today is Clint Russell of Liberty Lockdown, somebody I've been looking forward to speaking with for a while because he does an outstanding job on breaking this stuff down, and we just can't have enough of people like this today. And I really do want to ask him about the name in general. It's interesting, Liberty Lockdown, and how interesting the overlap is to COVID-19 and, and how that's exactly what we're all dealing with. So, Clint, how are you today? And, and thank you for joining me. I'm good, man. I'm good. I... uh yeah, I'll I'll break it down real quick. I didn't. I started the show one month into lockdowns, so that's that's the whole inspiration. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, uh, unfortunately, it lasted a lot longer than most people thought. But I had a feeling that that name would uh, would had some have some sticking power. Unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, regardless of whether there's a physical lockdown, it definitely still makes sense anyway. I was wondering whether or not it was something like a prescient thing where you kind of made the channel and then it became reality. That would have been that would have been that would have been even more incredible if I had if I had started it six months earlier than everyone would have thought I was in on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. (laughs) Well, but the the name really is just so exactly where we are. Right. I mean, whether we're talking about literally being locked down, your liberties being locked down or the removal of all of it, you know, it's it's just such a, a very interesting, weirdly entertaining, but very alarming time that we're in. Right. I mean, like watching this all play out for those of us in this that have been trying to call attention to certain things. I mean, I think we all agree this is I've never seen this situation even before I was doing this work where. The, the truth does seem to be breaking through in a lot of interesting ways, but they're trying to circumvent that. So right. your, your work in general is, is, is a lot, I, I argue, you know, anybody in this field right now really trying to be objective and, and cover the information is wildly important and your show is included in that. So, so where did you begin with this? Obviously you said right in the beginning of, of COVID-19 and give me, give me a quick breakdown of sort of like your evolution from there till now and what sure. censorship you dealt with and, and how you found ways around that. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I, I actually, I've been very fortunate. Uh, I, I mean, I've also been very cautious when it comes to my social media to mm. try and avoid censorship. Um, I've only caught two suspensions on Twitter over the past three years. And, you know, I just, I'm just very careful. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm always kind of like masking what I really want to say in <laughs> in code. Uh, so, but almost every single person that I'm affiliated with has lost their account. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm like, which makes them all think that I'm an FBI agent, which sucks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have a comment on that. If you're, I was just going to say, it's funny that, you know, it, it, of course, anything's possible. I get the same things leveled at me. And it, it, it's like, good, ask the questions, right? We should need proof or evidence sure. at the very least to make that claim. But what's interesting is we have this weird dynamic. I think it's actually by design. It's like a social engineering thing where it's, you know, if you're censored, you're therefore the truth. And if you're not, you're therefore not. And the problem is you've got all these infiltrating people that are using that against people like us today. I of, find of that course. interesting. Yeah, no, I, and and it I mean, I can understand the logic. Like I mm-hmm. am the one of my crew. I run with a crew of like six different guys and, and I'm the only one that hasn't lost their account. So, I now am the one with 50 plus thousand followers and they're all on their fourth, you know, little burner account where they're trying to build it back up again. So, it's tough, man, uh, but I think it 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 kind of boils down to, you know, do you know how to play the game? And mm-hmm. it's unfortunate that there has to be a game played to yeah. stay on social media, but I think I've learned how to play it pretty well. Well, this brings up a really interesting point. I have a few questions in just regard to Twitter and where this is going, but in regard to the code, I was just talking about this. Uh, like Jason Burmis has done a good job on this, like using different words to kind of circumvent right. the algorithms. Now, I took a real hard stance on this in the beginning, not necessarily right or wrong. And this is what I'm getting at is I, I feel like I may be even being proven to be wrong in the sense that people who did do this are getting more reach essentially. Mm. But 
I, I took a hard stance where I said, you know what? I'm just not going to play the game. I'm, I'm not going to self-censor. I'm going to say what. And then, of course, I got censored everywhere. Right. right, right. <laughs> how it worked, right? <laughs> but I feel proud that I kind of took that line. But I, I've been questioning whether or not that was the right move. You know, so you are an example of how essentially, you know, you're still getting the truth out. You're still, but you, there's maybe the only cav- downside, I guess, would be that like maybe the average person who didn't know would miss the message because it was encoded or so on. But do you feel that you've gotten more reach or gotten more of the message out in comparison to your friends and so on in that I, same situation? I, I mean, I think it's undeniable that I have. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm doing over 10,000 per episode now, and mm-hmm. and all of them have actually decreased in numbers over the past two years. So right. I, I don't know how you can argue it otherwise, but the, that's not to say that there isn't a downside to it. There, there mm-hmm. clearly is. I mean, the fact that I have to to mask what I'm saying, it probably has an impact on my psyche and my brain and the way I'm yeah. thinking, too. You know, And the audience, for that matter. I mean, yeah. And, to a small and the degree. audience, too. I mean, mm-hmm. when, when I do my show, I... I tend to find a way to say exactly what I want to say anyways. Right. right. Um, but there are some topics that I'll totally leave off the, the vaccine uh, side effects. I do not cover that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel as if, you know, there's other braver souls on different platforms that can handle that for me. Mm-hmm. I would like, I would like to cover that more for sure. So that, I think that's the one thing that I really feel as if I've had to sacrifice my, my truth telling side, um, because I just can't go into detail about it at all if I want to stay on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. And again, you know, it's kind of, I think it's being fleshed out right now. I don't think there's really a right or wrong in that context. It's sort of just kind of just, you know, deciding what you what you want to try to do. And we're, I guess we're going to wait and see how that plays out. I think, again, I think you're sort of proving that that it, there is obviously a benefit to doing that. And you're still connecting with the average people sure. and so on. You might want to shout out to the people that were uh, censored to ask them re- look into pirate streams i don't know if you've heard about that but it's something that i've championed and james corbett has started doing it and it's, it's this is why instead of starting some small new account you know and that's the that's what they want they want to you know destroy your connections and um, have to rebuild everything and your reach is gone mm. but what i started doing i said okay well i'm not going to play this game on youtube right so what i started doing i said hey if anybody wants to send me their login information so I'll just I'll just tap in that day and use your channel. It used to be, and it still kind of is like a taboo. You're not supposed to do that, you know. Right. There's no re- not even a a, a a rule against it for for YouTube. Essentially, there's weird certain things, but it built from there. And now, I mean, I'm I'm broadcast. I've I've probably gotten 50 more channels just on YouTube censored since I officially got censored. I haven't set any new ones up. People send me their logins, and I go live on it. And there'll be channels with like 10 subscribers. We'll still get like 4,000 views until they knock it down. The no point way. Is, if you can show people that we don't need to tap into their infrastructure, you know, just announce on discord or somewhere else. Here's the channel we're using today. And everybody flocks to that channel, you know, and it's, yeah, yeah, I really yeah. want people to go away from YouTube in general, but I don't know. Just have no. a look it up. No, they, I will. I will. That's, that's fascinating. Pirate radio, basically. I love it. Exactly. That's exactly what I, you know, or like, you know, the matrix idea or whatever, like tapping yeah, yeah. through. I, I mean, I do like the classic version of a pirate radio, the best, you know, really broadcasting that pirate, you know, the things that you're not supposed to listen to, you know, it's right, perfect. Right. But even Twitter, I do the same thing on Twitter. People just send me their accounts and, you know. That's, the, that's hysterical, man. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I mean, that's the one upside, I think, of the censorship is that it, it does breed some creativity. Like it, yeah. Because it forces those that are, are dedicated to the truth to just find a different avenue. Um, mm-hmm. I, obviously, I wish it weren't that way. But there is something there is something beautiful that comes from people that are fighting back against the tyranny and the Absolutely. suppression. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. I, my, my audience is going to laugh because all my mind just can't pull things away from COVID in general. But but it's interesting overlap to what you just said is it's the same concept of why people with injections in their body are what are creating variants today. You know, it's the idea that when you put something new in the path, 
that's when you need to find new avenues and new evolution. And, you know, that's what you're saying is that people are being confronted with this block. And many people, I argue most today, I, I, I can't prove that, but I do think we're, it, they, just, they don't want to admit today that most people are seeing through it, but that we find new ways around it, peer-to-peer economies. And, you know, that's kind of the same thing. So it's, it's everywhere today. But sure. I wanted to ask you about Twitter in general. So you, you've had a couple of blocks or a couple of strikes, I guess. Are we yeah, talking about YouTube or Twitter? No, no, I've had two suspensions on Twitter just for, you know, saying something too aggressively to someone. Yeah, <laughs> that, right. That's right. it. Free speech, right? But so, but so on Twitter, you've gotten those, and you're still there. Have you seen any difference since the whole Elon discussion? In your well, opinion, yes, because I paid for the verification. <laughs> I was going to ask you that. I saw that. I was gonna... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I paid for it two days ago, and my account has. I mean, it. I've also been spitting hot fire, so it's very hard to tell. <laughs> but I have a thread that's going uber viral, has over a million impressions right now. So nice. nice. I, I I really don't know, you know, if if it's just because of the fact that I'm now verified, quote unquote, or yeah. if it's if it's that, um, you know, I'm just I'm just brilliant. I don't know. I don't know what you did. Both right. But no. I've I've added I've added uh, over two thousand followers in the past two days. So nice. take that for what it's worth. Well, so I'm interested in this in general because so is the process open to everybody at this point, or or did you have a well, someone only only people with iPhones, uh, which I don't even have one, but I have an uh, an iPad, so I went on there and I figured out a way to do it. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. See, I'm just I'm I'm kind of torn right this right now. One side of it is I don't really want to pay Twitter for anything, but the second part of it is I kind of don't want to do it with my pirate channel. I'm like, put bring back my account that was censored for no for things that are now proven to be true, and right, then I'll right. do it. You know. Uh, no, I agree. I agree. And I mean, that's that's the good thing is that I, I do think in the next 30 to 60 days, there's going to be a huge flood of suspended accounts that are, are quote unquote, let back on, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. which, you know, you and all my other friends hopefully will be back with me because I would love that. Yeah. Well, there's also an interesting the way this like from like a psychological perspective is changing. Like you have all these people that were like their entire identity was circled around this blue check, you know, and now, now it's like yes. suddenly everybody. And it's like, and then we find out that Elon shows or admits that people before were, were basically selling the blue check. And, you know, so it's not all what it really looks like anyway, but on top of that, it's like, so now we're going to see this weird shift about what it means and how that influences accounts. But the thing that really, really stands out to me, I don't know if you've seen this today. I want your thoughts on this. There's been at least three that I've seen. I believe probably more of people that have instantly set up fake accounts right? Like, or not fake accounts, excuse me, but just accounts. And then impersonated Lockheed Martin, Nestle. You've seen oh, that? Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and, and they come out and go, no more. We're not going to fund the U.S. government's bought missiles or, you know, we're not going to sell the missiles anymore. And the stock plummets until they realize it's fake and it goes back up. And I have thoughts on this. It was Nestle, all the same thing. What do you think about that? And I, and well, they were, by the way, they were immediately censored because they were breaking the rule. He said they weren't supposed to, right? So right. what do you think about that? And oh, and excuse me, last part, they had blue checks. For the people yes. listening. <laughs> yeah, ahead. no, I mean, they, they look legitimate if you're not yeah. paying it very close attention. So, uh, I mean, I, I don't love the uh, the fact that it's impacting people who, you know, well, if it's Lucky Martin, I don't really care, to be honest. If you're <laughs> investing in that, I don't really care. But, uh, you know, other other companies, it would kind of be tragic because there's there's retirees and stuff that are getting oh, yeah. whip, yeah. whipsawed based off of trolls online. That's a little bit tragic, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I get uh, that. But, but at the same time, you know, 
obviously as a hardcore libertarian and cap, I absolutely am thrilled to see these companies suffer. So, <laughs> you know, right, right. Mixed emotions. Merchants of death. You know, it's kind of hard not to be like, yeah, exactly. they're not selling anymore, you know, death weapons. But what, exactly. what I get your point though, is that, you know, so just from a general idea of capitalism or whatever, just business, right. That it, it is, you know, it's dishonest essentially. And you, there are average people that will be hurt by it and, and so on. Right. But it, what's, what's interesting though, is there's a level of free speech there. You know, oh, yeah. really breaking it down, like even though like I always make this point that there's a line between like I have an issue with plenty of terms of service that are publicly posted. I just disagree with what they're doing. However, it's a company and we can get into the whole private thing. I don't that's not even in existence these days with the way the government is growing. Nonetheless, sure. they you could argue you can go somewhere else. So it's stated they'll do this. Like he said, you impersonate somebody. We will take it down. So on. You can disagree with that, but it was pretty transparent. So right. it's different than, let's say, YouTube and Twitter censoring based on this foggy misinformation concept and not defining it right so mm -hmm. he did basically follow through with what he said but it's still counter to free speech i just find it most interesting that it's showing you that these people and this is a lot of these large companies are the ones standing with the agenda 2030 and sustainability and equity and you know blah 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 and then the moment that like oh so we're not going to keep killing people ah, stock goes down you know <laughs> nestle's like I, I forget the other point it was something like we're going to give it all away for free oh it was um it was insulin, insulin. And yep. it was, yeah, insulin and one of the, Eli Lilly, that's right. Yep. And so we're going to get away for free and they all, the stock plummets. I mean, wouldn't you argue that from, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a good example about how these companies are at their core, not about human interests. It's about mm -hmm. making money. And we just need to see that they're framing all as altruistic, you know? Yeah. Well, that, that's exactly why I've made ESG such a huge part of my show is that yes, it's, which I appreciate. it's extraordinarily dangerous to both have the biggest most powerful companies that are interconnected with the government and central banks all across the planet pretending to be dedicated to causes that you care about when they're mm -hmm. not, when, yeah. when at their core, they're absolutely not. And, and it, it allows them to get away with, in some cases, literal murder. <laughs> so I, I just, I think that we need to get back to, okay, we're, we have a fiduciary duty to our investors and we are going to focus on profit and we're going to drop the charade of yes. being dedicated to social justice and all this other stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's absolutely correct. I mean, there, and there's no shame in that. I mean, here's the thing we keep up to, I mean, they're, they're, the companies that are ab abusing legal avenues, even though they're just dishonest, essentially, they still should be accountable for that. Like realize, you know, that's just, let that reflect on the company and whether you want to buy their products. But right. the government is, is the entity allowing them to take these avenues, you know, and that's mm -hmm. where the real focus is, you know, and what, how can you really fault a business for taking advantage of something the government allows them to do if it can maximize profit? Well, judge them, sure. But legally right. speaking, the government absolutely is at fault. I, I agree. And I, well, I think that, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that that's exactly why I've, I've struggled so hard to come to a real conclusion on Elon Musk, you know, because he has had a an alleged evolution. You know, he went from hardcore Democrat and now he's talking about free speech and he wants to see an end to the war in Ukraine and Russia and blah, blah, blah. While supporting and, it, you know, it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. And, and I know he but then I mean, that was kind of the inspiration to him threatening to pull Starlink service was he he brought up the concept of, hey, maybe we should talk about peace. Right. And they're like, no. Um, Literally so, said F off. And that was one of the yeah, yeah in the government. And he's like, okay, I'll take your advice then. That's like what he actually said. Yeah, yeah. But that, I mean, that that's the main reason, uh, you know, a lot of libertarians are knee jerk, just think he's the devil. And I'm like, I'm like, look, as a businessman and as a libertarian, I would probably do similar things in terms of taking advantage of government subsidies to try and keep my business. Because like, you, like, 
there's this Puritan viewpoint of, of business and economics from some libertarians that is so disconnected from reality. Like Mm -hmm. you do need to play the game if you're going to try and play it at the highest level. Like I don't have any problem with you saying I'm not going to play this game because I find it immoral. Mm -hmm. But if you see someone who does it and they succeed and they share our core values at the end of the day, and I'm not saying that's Elon, but it could be theoretically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's, that's kind of what we need. Like if, if you're going to have your John Galt, like he's going to have to do it through government subsidies, most likely because like, otherwise you are competing against central banks and interest rate manipulation and government contracts. And like the list goes on and on all the reasons mm-hmm. why you cannot compete realistically against the biggest, uh, you know, crony corporations out there. So I don't I know. Uh, tangent. I, no, I know. I agree completely. I think what's important to add to that though, is that <clears throat> this is removing from the conversation to make this point, whether or not we just, need to change the system or literally do something different entirely, which I know you agree with. But yes, to your point, if we're arguing we should be working from within the system or trying to affect change from that, then obviously like that's that's the problem with how. And this is one of the things that get abused is that, for instance, like a Trump scenario or something like that, where it ends up being, well, you know, you got to have people on the inside to change from the inside. And I get that. I don't disagree with that. But then that becomes the willingness to ignore all the things that show you that's not really what they're doing or who they are, you know, because it becomes becomes a partisan thing, you know? Of course. Yeah. And I mean, that's the whole, there was a big debate over Blake, Blake masters because Dave Smith endorsed him over the libertarian. And Mm -hmm. everyone's like, well, this guy, he's terrible. He's pro, you know, pro war against China. But then we're like, well, the most urgent need is to prevent world war three between Russia and America. So like there's some compromise that's going on. And you look at Rand Paul yeah, versus yeah. Ron Paul, you know, right. the, the difference of their career arcs and, and their rhetoric, even though they're probably almost clones of each other otherwise. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's like, these are tactical differences more than they are um, principle yeah. shifts in my view. Um, but, uh, you know, I get it, you know, from a, from an armchair quarterback position, it's very easy to, Love Ron Paul, even though he got very little done and hate Rand Paul, even though he got quite a bit done. So, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, see, this is the problem with our political system is, you know, I'm beginning to wonder whether just compromise in general outside of like a, you know, relationship, you know, like having a married couple. Like, it's just a dirty word at this point. Like, I I shouldn't make it all or nothing. But I mean, we this is how we fall into this trap. And you see people that you may argue at one point might have had good intentions in the political system, but then fall into it because they're like, well, I mean, exactly what we just said. And they're not even wrong to say that, but they compromise their position. We've seen it happen with like, again, I am in no way arguing these people were honest to begin with, but just again, hypothetically, we saw it with Bernie Sanders and with, uh, with Tulsi Gabbard and, you know, people that will come out and be like, the whole thing's (laughs) they're lying. They're criminals. Then be like, after it doesn't work. Okay. Well now I'm going to endorse that person. I mean, how do you even remotely take someone like that seriously? You know? No, I, I agree with you. I mean, that, there's there are some signs that you're just like okay this person is more likely a fraud than just just trying to get their their goals accomplished through other avenues mm-hmm. um but yeah it's tough man i mean if you don't know these people personally it's very hard to to know their heart you know i'm yeah. i'm fortunate to know dave smith personally really well now and i'm like look this guy is the real deal so you know you guys can all hate him for those that are totally unfamiliar he's the host of part of the problem and uh, mm-hmm. co-host of legion of skanks and he looks like a front runner for the libertarian party presidential nominee so that's the reason i keep bringing him up, him up. Nice, nice um but yeah he's he's i know his heart i know he's a great guy and i know that he's as as hardcore as anybody so if he's willing to make compromises it's because he's really wrestled with the concept 
Um, but you know, Tulsi Gabbard, sure. I've met her, but like, I have no idea. I have mm-hmm. no idea if she's sincere at the end of the day, it, like the political winds are obviously in favor of someone leaving the left and then espousing right. essentially libertarian bill of rights type ideals. And that's, she's going to get a lot of support for it. So like, because that is going to be popular, I have to be, my eyebrow has to raise when I hear her start to say, you know, the Second Amendment is vitally important to defend yourself against the tyrannical government. I'm like, you wanted to take my guns five years ago. Right. <laughs> you know, like, and, and while we can allow people to change their opinions, I'm, I'm completely with you. I, th- I just think, look, it comes down to the same thing we say every time is question everything. Like, yes. it's so simple. If we just it, it's the, the party paradigms and the team sport politics, which is what they it's completely an agenda that's been used to keep people from using their critical thinking instead of just going like, well, I, I support this party, this person. Even though that's the case, every single thing they do, I'm going to say, could they be lying? Could mm-hmm. this be false? You know, and it's like we it's like we feel like we're traitors in the system if we do that. And that's part of the problem, you know, and to, to, your, to, Dave, to Dave Smith, you know, even if he is exactly what you say he is, the point is he still could eventually fall down the trap we just talked about of the system, True. you know, True. and I'd like to believe that's not the case. And I'm always leaving the hope in my mind for the fact that I'm wrong. I said this about Trump or anybody else. Like I right. hope that I'm wrong, but I just don't see it right now, you know? And so this Same. is why I advocate for some like radical change in like the system in general. Actually, yeah. you and I would have a, it would be great to talk about this in a future discussion about the hypothetically, if we were to like the whole system goes away, how would you make that happen in the future? Right. I think that'd be a good conversation. I've, I've done that in the past. It's very complicated because people don't want to see it. <laughs> I mean, it's so, it's so complicated. And this is what, concerns me i mean this is also why you know sometimes people might consider me more of a moderate radical as opposed to an extremist uh Mm -hmm. because i i understand the the pain that would come from doing what's necessary to get to your libertarian worldview would be so extraordinary it might create you know such devastation that it would it would make libertarian ideology unappealing for eons you know what's so interesting about that is that's it that to the average person who doesn't know any of us or anything we're talking about they're like well doesn't that sound exactly like what they're saying about the great reset well it's going to be uncomfortable and we're going to get right so i think the core difference is choice always right yeah yeah, we're not arguing we're going to just pull the rug out from under you and say sorry it's going to be tough it's about individual choices you know and that and that's really the whole point about libertarian anarchism like the, the idea is that we're trying to create a situation where people can decide to fluctuate into the decisions they want personally and how they want their life to be. Yeah. But I agree with you in the consent. point. That, oh, good. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, I was just saying consent. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny. We just came out of the me too movement not too long ago. <laughs> and, and like the only political movement that's actually arguing in favor of consent on all, on all levels is the libertarians, but yet, you know, we're the lunatics. No one, well, don't, don't you dare waste your vote on us. Yeah. <laughs> well, and what's even stupider about it? Well, what's funny, first of all, is it's like, well, you know, every vote counts except when you vote for them. That doesn't count. You know, it's like it's right, right, a, right. everything about them is hypocritical today. And I think that's really beginning to come out like yes. same point. Me too. You know, just these are the very same people forcing these medical choices on people, but consent matters, you know, exactly. when they want it to, it's just, it's all ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. No, no one actually is, is consistent with any of this stuff. It's, it's yeah. very, it's very frustrating. And then the people that are consistent are gaslighted into believing that they're like terrorists and dangerous. And you're like, wait a second. <laughs> I, I'm, right. I'm literally just like reading the bill of rights and thinking it should be applied in today's politics. And you guys think that I'm a danger. It's like, wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, I, I'd like to believe, far. Oh, sorry. I didn't hear the last part. Oh, I just said we've slid very far. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'd like to believe that the majority, like the the people we just discussed right there are the minority being represented as the majority, that that's what they're aiming it at. 
and they yell and they point at it and say, that's what everybody, I just, I, I'd like to believe, I think most Republicans right now can see that they're attempting to be, they're trying to set them up. That's what I think. And I'm, I'm not, I'm absolutely two party illusion. I don't believe in either of these sides, but sure. I ultimately can see that they're trying to set these people up. January 6th was, I think, obviously an attempt to take the bait. You know, it's like that meme with the poke in the stick, let yes. do something, you know, like get absolutely. in there, tack things. And they just didn't take the bait. Now it's, that's where I see that going right now. No, I, I think I think you're exactly right. And and I think that there's I mean, there's a litany of examples or, or evidence that proves that they are trying to categorize people who believe in old school America, essentially, <laughs> even though I'm not saying all conservatives do, but they certainly are the more, uh, you know, don't tread on me type mantra, even if they don't really believe it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and yeah, I mean, day one of Biden's presidency, he issues that that uh, memo asking for, I think it was. I don't know if it was department and if it was DHS or their Homeland security or whatever, whatever they, they were, they were trying to reassess what the greatest threat was to the, to the nation. And they concluded it was, you know, white supremacy and domestic extremism. Yeah. America, you're the threat, right? That's yes. essentially the way that yeah. was pointed right at us. And, and th- this is the idea is that this has been happening for a while. You know, you, you probably remember that there's, there were independent media people that were put on like domestic terrorism lists. They, they framed in, in their own internal documents, people that th- who believe too much, whatever that means in the constitution or threats <laughs> to the country. I mean, how do you even write that stuff down? You know, it's, it's, it's especially when you've taken an oath to the Constitution to get into the position that you're in. It's exactly. amazing. Yeah, it's it's, abs- it's it's alarming is what it is, because it, they're they're showing their true face. You know, that's one of the things I think that, that Trump had an effect on whether or not we believe that he was. I, I hope we can all agree that some level he was played. Oh, if not 100%. part of it. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm still torn, but I think that you could give him that cat. Maybe he just didn't realize what was happening, you know, but I think he actively ripped that mask off a lot and ma- and that's maybe why they weren't happy with the way that went down and you know i i think it's interesting because it showed you like he just you know we're, we're going to keep funding saudi arabia because we need to sell the weapons you know like just we're going to be blatant about why we're doing it we don't care that they're killing people you know right and it's like it really did open these doors and i think maybe that's one of the reasons this was so clumsily forced in i'm not i'm not sure but oh i i think that's true i i mean the he's he's such an interesting character and i think he'll be debated you know until we die probably as to whether or not he was in on it or if he was an outsider who was too dumb to figure out the game in the four years he had to figure it out i I lean towards the latter personally but uh, who knows i mean he's such an egomaniac the way he still runs around touting operation warp speed like it was the greatest thing that's ever happened and and it's like so so unpopular amongst his base but he just can't let it go yeah it's bizarre he's he's a uh He's a bull in a China shop, and unfortunately, we're the China shop. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's interesting though that point in and of itself almost kind of speaks to the idea that he's not part of it, right? Like the fact that he's just so stupidly honing, like his his I, audience clearly does not want to go along with that, you know. So you're right; I think it is really hubris. Now, yes. well, since since we're on the topic, I don't know how much you're following the the election and so on, but I think it's interesting to see not really the election, but just like the the talkings around it. How now all of a sudden there's this rift between Trump and DeSantis, mm-hmm. and, and and you know what what are your thoughts on that? Where do you see that going? And well, what that, it means ultimately, yeah, I mean it, it's fascinating. I, I think that's once again an example of him having so much ego that he just can't do the tactically smart thing because mm-hmm. I don't think it's tactically intelligent to attack the one. Republican probably in the country that is pretty universally loved. Right. It's just, right. it's just very, very counterproductive. But I think he sees him as his number one competitor for, for the next election. And he's like, I'm going to take the gloves off and people are going to remember how, how great I am, how much they love me. And they will shelve 
DeSantis it, to allow you know allow my pathway to open up. I think he's mistaken. I think he yeah. and and the, there's another reason I think he's mistaken. I think that DeSantis is even though he is in the same populist vein that kind of opposes the establishment, at least rhetorically. Mm-hmm. Um, what's different about him is I think he's, he's more pragmatic and he's less of a danger to the establishment in many ways. And I think right. for that reason, the media will uplift DeSantis and they will basically suppress Trump. Uh, Cause last time, the whole reason Trump had any opportunity to, to win at all is because they viewed him as a joke and they wanted to put him up as a sacrificial lamb for Hillary's, you know, uh, arrival. And, yeah. and that's not going to be the case this time. Now they view Trump as a true danger and they want him out at all costs. And I think that they would, they would uplift DeSantis, uh, over him. So yeah, he, he's making a huge, huge gamble. And I think it's not going to pay off personally. That's just my, I, I could be wrong, but I think that they like DeSantis more. So I think yeah. the media is probably going to help him out. I would probably go in the same direction. I guess, I mean, all of that is, uh, uh, with the caveat of whether Trump was involved, I, I, I still am undecided, you know, like what sure. I, mean, I still just find it impossible to believe he could be forcing in warp speed still with his audio. Yeah, I just don't know, but you're, <laughs> I mean, I, I think it goes one of two ways and I hate to be conspiratorial about it if that's how people look at it, but ultimately that I find it impossible to believe that there are not some, some one of them, if not both that are, you know, not really on your side. You know, yeah. I do see it interesting though, that there's this battle now, essentially it will see if it goes away and then it will explain it for me anyway but if they do go into the election like competing i don't see how that in any way benefits their unless it's about destroying that and allowing the left to win or however you look at that but i I think it really speaks more to that one of them is genuinely countering something you know what i mean how that plays out i think we'll have to you know suss that out at the end of the day but my my personal my personal opinion is that that trump is the 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 more outsider than DeSantis. DeSantis was in Congress. I mean, and his voting record's not good. Man, so yeah, that's a good you know point. that that's the main reason that I think that they've you know they probably view him as the lesser threat, and they're probably right. You know, even though even though I think that DeSantis is far more pragmatic and actually capable of defending our rights if he wanted to, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I just have I, no idea. Completely. Yeah, I have no just, idea if he would do that at the end of the day because I think he he he. He's more he's more of an insider and and I trust him less. And and just for your audience's sake, so they understand how how hard it is for me to say that I moved to Florida from California two years ago or a year and a half ago because of lockdowns and because I appreciated so much what he did in Florida. So I I am not a DeSantis hater. I just think that if I had to put my money on it. I think that Trump is more of an outsider than DeSantis. Yeah. I hate that we even have to qualify our statements like that. Like it's just, you know, like can't just know, people I look know. at his work, you know, but trust me, I get it. You know, it's, it's yeah. like people, why? Because you said that, does that mean this? It's, it, I think I really saw that rise up aggressively during the Clinton Trump time where it was like, you know, Clinton did this. It was like, oh, well, you know, what, you like Trump then? Yeah. It's like, yeah, whoa, yeah, 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 I didn't yeah. even bring Trump into the conversation. <laughs> you know, it's like, it just went full, it was teeter-totter. It was crazy. See, you but, see how my brain's been manipulated by being on Twitter. I already know the rejoinder that right. I'm going to receive, and I'm like countering it <laughs> up front. Like, no, 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 no. I yeah. actually like DeSantis. I just don't trust him, okay? Exactly. <laughs> Which is about the most logical stance in the human history to take right now yes, with politics. Yes. Just look at where we are and where we've gotten to, you know? Like, no, but this next one, that's going to be the only one that's ever been on your side you know it's right. history shows us that going back to the point about compromise that even if they are on your side the only way that they can actually get something done and even then it doesn't always tra- pan out to be actually getting it done 
Right. They have to compromise. You yeah. know, my point being is they may compromise thinking they're going to get it done, but then something else comes up that screws it all up or somebody else or, you know, it's, it, this happens every time, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and if you are completely unwilling to compromise, you may not survive. <laughs> so well, yeah, you'll be forced out of the building is what it seems like. Well, you know? at, at minimum that, and sometimes even more extreme things happen. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I am very, um, very blackpilled on the, on the ability to get anything done at the, political level like it like i still try and i still talk about it and i still keep hope alive but like i don't know how you've existed if you're my age i'm 40 now i, I how you've existed for 40 years and still come away concluding like yeah i think we can just vote our way out of this like, I, like it's I, harder this time It'll yes work exactly you, you know it's like come on yeah exactly. I, I'm, I'm with you it's 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 we're, we all i think that's why a lot of people are just kind of disconcerted. I think the whole COVID and Ukraine, even like these things really kind of exploded in their face and it's adding to people questioning everything, you know, well, why would we trust the elections or, you know, I mean, it's, it's going back to the contradictions. It's as stupid as having a, a grouping that would say, well, Putin literally put this person in power. And then the next election going, you're not allowed to question the integrity of the election. It's like, didn't you just say that, you know, it's just people aren't stupid enough to not put that together. They may choose a side, but that's in there somewhere. They know that they're being, it's contradictory. So it's people are just waking up a little bit. And I think they're scared of that. I really do. Oh yeah. And, and I mean, I think that's the main thing that keeps me hopeful is that I do believe people are, it's, it's just, it's so aggressively, uh, counterintuitive like when you just when you're looking at the world and you're being told like the narrative that you're being force-fed is so counter to what you're <laughs> actually experiencing at some point you have to acknowledge it so yeah. i think that people are but it's like is that will that be enough and i don't know that it will be because I, I look at my relatives who many of them have been um you know trump supporters and and they're still you know still convinced that like Gavin Newsom is going to be recalled, you know, it's like, mm. cause they're, they all still live in California. Mm. And I'm like, I'm like, mom, it's not going to happen. <laughs> like, you got, you got to get out of there. I'm sorry. Like yeah. I, and, and sometimes I feel that way about America uh, where I'm like, like Clint, oh, what are you thinking? You got to get out of there. Like, yeah. I know that sounds crazy, but like, that's really where I'm at now. And unfortunately the tyranny is global in nature. So there is no like obvious exit strategy. And, and I, 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 I don't know what the right answer is. I I want to I want to add to that too. I agree, and it's not. I mean, see, somebody might be like, "Oh, that's un-American." And it's like, well, hold on a second, you know, because I'm in the same boat right now. To be quite honest, and I don't think I've ever said this out loud. If it wasn't for my family here, I would have. I, I guarantee I would have left a long time ago. Because it's not that I'm. I mean, people know from my work, I'm very passionate about the beliefs that we have, even the Constitution. Like I know, I understand the arguments about whether they, there's a lot to be discussed about whether this is the right way that we should be going forward, or so on. But I often argue that whether or not the the Constitution, the, pe the, the people in that very room, whether they truly believed all of these or not, or just got it done so they could roll into the, the federal government-minded ar argument, which m many of them wanted that, and they uh, arguably lost out in the beginning, but I argue very quickly it fell into that same path, and here's where we are today. You know, But right. my point is that the Constitution itself has taken root in people <clears throat> like me, and I believe, I believe truly that if it was actually, you know, addressed the way it should be and not ignored by our government that it, it, it there's value to it absolutely for sure you know and so i, I definitely see that the, there's a reason that we should be tapping into these things but my to the point about the american concept is that i you can defend these things and believe in them and fight for them whether or not you're in this country and i would say the reason that makes sense now is because people like us are being framed as terrorists 
Like you're literally writing documentation and legislation that says if you're saying what we're literally saying, then you're a threat to the country. Well, there's there's an easy understanding. Okay, well, I might just dance away for a minute and keep fighting for this because you're a you're a threat. So I think that's an important thing for people to understand. They might not realize I, how real that is right now. I completely agree, and and I think that they they're either expecting a level of courageousness out of us that it, that they are not probably willing to live by. Mm -hmm. Or they're oblivious to the threats that we're under. I mean, th mm -hmm. that's it's one or the other, in my opinion, because right. if you've been studying this stuff like I have and I know you have, uh, there's no way you can come away concluding anything other than like our speech is so dangerous to the establishment that they like anything is possible. Yeah. Um, and fortunately it hasn't become, you know, we're rounding up YouTubers constantly, <laughs> you know, we're round, rounding up rumblers. Uh, but it's not impossible that that could happen in our lifetime. So like, yeah. yeah and, and let me more broad, uh, picture. I I'm of the belief that like the American spirit is what I have. You know, the, the land that I, I stand on is really irrelevant. If I, like when I was in California, I was no less, uh, libertarian or patriotic or whatever you want to call me than I am in Florida, you know, mm -hmm. and, and it wouldn't change if I was in South America. Like that's the, the spirit is what needs to live on. The ideas of Liberty are what need to live on. And if you have to move from this landmass to make that happen, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. My personal preference and my belief is that it was so hard fought to get a nation with these foundational beliefs. I will not give up on it unless it is my last option. I agree. So, I'm still continuing to fight. I'm still here. But if it gets to a point where I, I calculate that this is this is a lost cause, I will move on. You know, like mm -hmm. that's just I'm just being honest. Yeah. Now, I mean, I, I, I would argue, I see I feel like I come from the position that, you know, even if it's at a lost cause, I feel like it's something that I'm still going to continue to fight for just because I don't know what else to do. <laughs> you know, yeah, no, no, no. Else. Sorry. I, I meant I meant staying in America. I'm going to continue to fight for the rest of my okay, life. OK, OK. That, yeah. That's what I thought you meant. So, yeah, definitely. Like, so going somewhere else and continue to fight for the exactly. cause. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And I think that's that's important because there is active threat. There are active threats being laid out right now. I mean, and to your point, maybe they're not doing it. But the infrastructure has been laid out. There's there's executive orders. There's laws being passed. I mean, it's all across the board. Should yep. they choose, it could happen tomorrow. And that's yes. usually how these things go. It's just like that. Well, literally, literally all it would take is one false flag. Like If you had right. one one serious terrorist attack in the homeland and it would be on, like in my opinion. Um, so I'm very concerned about that. That's the whole reason that Russia kept kept bringing up like this dirty bomb that was going to be set off in Ukraine because they they were very concerned about that because that'd be an Article Five violation. Right. Then all of a sudden World War Three is on, and they're like, they wanted to let the world know, hey, if this happens, this is not us, okay? Right. Right. And I feel like that's what I would like to let the world know, like, hey, if there's some <laughs> domestic terrorist activity, it ain't us. Right. Uh, but you know, uh, there's no way I can know that in advance, so we'll see. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree. I just think, well, at the very least, just question that, you know, like January yeah. 6th was meant to be, I genuinely believe it, that. I think that's what that was one of the, and it didn't pan out and they're clumsily trying to still force in the argument and it just falls flat for most yeah. everybody. But, but they I, still right, ran I mean, with it for over a year. <laughs> and they're still, they still are. I mean, yes. they're literally yeah. even calling like worse than 9-11. Like it's as if they wrote the script and just kept going with it, even though it didn't happen. <laughs> worse than 9-11. I mean, that's insulting to people. You know, like that's ridiculous. They said, some people, some they people said worse than Pearl Harbor too. It's like, <laughs> good Lord. I mean, they're, yeah, they're so detached from reality, but there are, there are some so small subset of, of America. And it's unfortunately not, very small that like whatever the lie is if they repeat it long enough they will yep. believe it yep. so it's amazing
Well, may, maybe in some weird backward way, they're being honest when they say it's worse because it was the worst false flag of the three. So maybe they're just like, ah, we screwed that one up worse than the rest of them, but we're not going to say it like that. <laughs> good, good, good point. They're like that, that op went terribly for yeah, us. Yeah. So. <laughs> I hate to laugh about it. But hey, for January 6th, I mean, at the end of the day, I, it, it's just so ridiculous how they, they, you know, having literally no guns and nobody dying on the scene, even if those deaths were even related. I mean, it's just an abstract conversation and comparing the two. I mean, it's just, it's insulting. It literally yeah. is insulting. Especially if you were old enough to have lived and been an adult during 9-11. It's like, yeah. it doesn't even come close. What are you oh, talking man. about? Yeah, it's it's but it just shows you the the commitment to the narrative that I don't think right. some of them even realized didn't go the way they wanted it to. Like they just they're just so committed to marching in lockstep with everything we're looking at, you know. Well, and, and and the and the poll numbers show that it was like prior to uh, the hearings, the January sixth hearings. There, it well, I don't I don't remember what the exact numbers were, but regardless, at the end of the hearings, people who thought it was a, a nothing burger went up by three percent. <laughs> so, so like good job guys you're really convincing yeah. the, the american public well with this this is my point about how actively i mean always that one of their biggest mistakes i've seen throughout history is that they always underestimate the intelligence of the average american and like sure. i'm not the one that's going to say that the average american is really all that aware of what's going on but i it, but they're they're not they're, road they're, scholars <laughs> yeah but they're more intelligent than they give them credit for by and large and i think that like we're seeing that example like you watch them go through this discussion and, and these people are up there saying wildly subjective things, as you know. I mean, I watch plenty of parts of it where they're just they're saying things that can't be proven in a court of law. They're just subjective comments or and point is that average person, whether or not they're going along with the momentum of it and the emotion, like at some level, my point is that they can see that they're like, well, OK, so that's that's it. It's over. And that's all they had, and, uh, you know, didn't didn't work for them, right. you know. Right. So I see yeah. this happening with the Ukraine thing as well. Right. Like this is my my thought is. I don't know if you I've seen the work on regard to what the Azov, Azov movement, right, is the largest part over there. It, it's it infiltrated the government. It's all around, but it, it works alongside the right sector and Svoboda and all these other groups as well. All neo-Nazi fascist elements. But what's interesting is the Azov movement has international arms. There's the international arm in the United States. There's the international arm in Germany. They don't talk about this stuff, but it's all well, on the record. It's proven. I actually, I actually did not know that. that yeah. And, and guess who the U.S. international arm for the Azov movement is? The Rise Above Movement, the group that marched through Charlottesville that became that was the beginning of the entire discussion about the cars and the tiki torches and the rising white supremacy. That was literally the pay, the arm of the Azov movement, who I again have proven during my show is a CIA project. Right. I mean, the 1948 Project Aerodynamic is where this all began from, just like the Mujahideen in Afghanistan. Right? Yep, it's a fascist yep. element to be used against the Soviet Union. It didn't really die off. It just kind of lost a favor, and now they're using it again. And so now we see their CIA arm marching through the United States. That became began all of this. And by the way, I could set, tell you about 45 other connections to different groups that are doing the same thing. So, But that my point is I think that's what this is all meant to be. The whole vanilla ISIS psyop is what I keep calling it. That was their stupid term. Yeah. And I just I, – what do you think about that? And I, I think that's what's going to happen if they choose to make it happen is it will be some kind of an attack that will be a right thing. But you can literally draw a line right back to the move, the group in, in Ukraine. Uh, you know? I mean I think that's highly probable. I mean it, you know, anyone who's been in our lane for the past couple of years, you, you're very aware of the color revolutions that are happening all over the country and CIA connections to how those right. spark. And, and I, I strongly believe that that's what we're, we're, that's the danger that we're in is that the color, like basically our, our entire spying apparatus, uh, the, you know, DHS and the Patriot Act, all of this was infrastructure that was set up to deal with 9-11 and foreign terrorism. And now it's all coming home. 
And this is what Ron Paul and any liberty minded person warned about during that period is like, eventually, if you empower your state to go out and do these things abroad, they will eventually do it at home. And, and unfortunately, it's happened very rapidly that they are bringing it home aggressively. So that's my that's my huge concern is that that's what happens here and that they they want a real conflict domestically mm-hmm. and that I have no interest in that. I don't want that at all. So I'm just doing everything in my power to speak out while I still can, because once that starts, people that say things like you and I are going to be really in danger. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I question whether that was always the intent that this 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 war, the war on terror direction was always aimed at us. And the argument was about the things that I don't know if you watched the James Corbett documentary that we we streamed on T-Lab, but it was the he did part three of the Al Qaeda documentary on Mm -hmm. last 9-11. I mean, you can't watch all this. This is an organized psychological operation from the from Osama bin Laden, all these different people. I mean, there's connections to the CIA. I mean, it's all obvious that this whole thing, the whole 9-11 in Middle East discussion, going back to Brzezinski and, you know, this has been a plan. And so these people have been funded and controlled and armed. I mean, from ISIS to the Mujahideen. Right. We can see this path. Ben Swan has a great documentary on that. that. So then we have to question that all of it was meant to do that. So they could turn it on us. And now we're seeing this next step, the biosecurity state. Which- I, I, man, I, unfortunately, I agree with you. I used to think that these type of theories were a little too uh, global in nature or far-fetched. And I was just like, I, I just don't, basically, like, I, there's this conflict where I'm like, I don't think that the government is smart or capable. So, like, how could they possibly be doing that at the highest level but it's like well if you just have one small organization the deep state or whatever you want to call it like the the highest echelon of the deep state that actually or you know orchestrates their longer term plans like Mm -hmm. for instance china we all know that they have hundred year plans right like do you think that that like america really doesn't have that like it's hard to imagine that they don't at some level so i i have come around on this where i am now fairly convinced that yes they're all all of this does have a a, a linear like a through point yep. through history that kind of shows like okay this isn't all just happenstance and accidents yeah well at the very least that these things are capitalized on and abused to drive in an agenda which at the well, same point they're not at dis- minimum yeah that are dishonest you know yeah i mean I, th- I think what we as whitney coined for the biosecurity state is you know your body is the new battlefield it's just everything's been just kind of turned inward even more so so now yes. it's always been aimed at us but now it's like literally the bio defense rather biosecurity state that biden's already wrote his executive order for because you know we live in the rule by executive order time right, right. It's just right. runs it all forward you know well, it's, it's and a- and you have the central bank digital currency, which really takes it to the yes. like the the end stage, in my opinion. And I think that's the other thing that I've I've tried to um, shift the libertarian talking points into this arena because I feel like ESG and central bank digital currencies, because of the libertarian uh, understanding of Austrian economics, puts us in a very special position to make this like our thing like mm-hmm. like we should be the ones that are warning the world about this because we understand exactly why it's so dangerous i mean fiat currency is extraordinarily dangerous in its own right so if you have a libertarian telling you this is 10 times a thousand times a million times more dangerous than the prior fiat central banking system right. like that should be enough to get people to pay attention or they could write us off as being lunatics which i'm fine with either way because i'm going to continue to do it mm-hmm. uh I think I think that's the end, man. I think that that's that has to be the ultimate red line, even more so than lockdowns, which is crazy because I was right. so in opposition to lockdowns. But man, well, if if we have central bank digital currencies, it is game over. 
I agree. I, I I just think it's a means to an end. Catherine Austin Fitz is really adamant about this, and I agree with her that that you know I do, but I do tend to think there's more pieces than just the financial direction. But I could be wrong on that. But just that point, it's all a clear transition. You know the yep. the, the, the the and it could be as simple as just problem reaction solution concept where you just destroy everything we have and then go oh but don't worry here's our solution. And but the system's always been failing. It's like well yeah that's what we were saying ten years ago. Right, like, right right no you don't you care now you know we but, we wanted you to remedy it with sound money not destroying yeah. the existing infrastructure and right. having your great reset i mean i really right. think that's what the great reset is i think that it is the transition into the central bank digital currency yep. uh and you know you can get more into the surveillance state and the uh the biomedical stuff and uh, i honestly like that's not my expertise so I, I even though i i lean towards that being part of their plans as well i i think it's enough to get people to pay attention just to say hey if you have a central bank digital currency you cannot speak out ever again okay right. like, well, it's over there, well, the, the, for, obviously, I think the main part, in my opinion, is getting that established or rather the other way around is the need to get everybody having a digital ID so that then that can be executed the right way. And I think that's what this was all about. The vaccine passport, yeah. you know, putting you in a position of insecurity where you don't have enough money anymore. So they go, oh, well, don't worry, though. We're going to dole out these process, this money for you, but you have yeah. to have the ID first. OK, well, every, most people are going to go, OK, well, I already got a phone. And, you know, that I think that part of it's really coming or it's already slowly happening. Oh, yeah. Know? I think I honestly I think it had we not pushed back against the lockdowns harder and and the mandates I think it it could already be here. Like, I agree with that. I do think the, we had a big win there. Yeah, cuz the economy was in in such danger. I mean it is. Don't get me don't get it wrong. I've been warning about it for years, but it, like had the lockdowns persisted as long as the Fauci's and the uh, Burks of the world wanted it to. <laughs> God, the economic damage would have been so extraordinary. Yeah. And then it's such an easy answer to say, okay, well we're going to start UBI or universal basic income for your listeners. And and now the only way you get it is to give us everything, give us mm-hmm. all of your information like all, down to your DNA. Like, because if people, if it's the only way they can eat, the people are going, going to go along with it. But the, right. the issue is that inflation is so extraordinary. Now, like UBI is doomed to fail too. Cause if they were to do that, the inflation would just, I, I think we would end up in hyperinflation, honestly. So I think that's part of the plan though. Like if this is, they're trying to implode the current system so it can justify this true. new direction that's already in true. the wings and waiting, you know? True. That's- but, but like, can they just snap their fingers and give purchasing power to the central bank digital currency UBI that they offer out? Like, I don't know. Okay. I, it, Here's the interesting overlap. And I was going to ask you about this in general. So what's your, what are your, well, it's important to state, first of all, for those that are, they play on the, the ignorance of the average person about the entire field, right? I know you're, I know you're aware of like the general cryptocurrency overlap and stuff, but a lot of people just don't know, like Corbett's wrote, written a great, a great article in the past about, you know, that Bitcoin is cryptocurrency, but all cryptocurrency is not Bitcoin. And like this weird, everyone's so confused. that doesn't, don't really know about it. And I get it. I I mean, I was there at one point where it didn't really make sense, Sure, but so they're, they're very different, right? So uh, central bank digital currencies, I think inherently are not cryptocurrency. They can be, but I think they're just digital currency. Right, they're not using yes. blockchain technology necessarily. Like, I, but everyone's still developing these, so they, that doesn't mean they're not going to happen like that. But what's interesting is, what do you think about how that plays a factor? Like, people are arguing right now about how oh, now obviously the cryptocurrency scene was all a big ploy to get you in normalizing the use of these, and I get that. I'm sure there was a level of that. But do you think that there's any more overlap there? That one last point before you answer, sort of like the internet. Right. Can you imagine? So right now, by the same logic, well, don't use the Internet because that's part that's the problem. Right. Well, good luck trying to fight back without the Internet today. So I think mm. there's a level of that where there are, you know, using it against them in the same way. What are your thoughts about that? 
that's deep. I hadn't I hadn't really considered that angle. I mean, I think that that yeah, I I am now more of a Bitcoin maximalist than I ever have been, and mm-hmm. I I still think that there's the potential that there can be a free market answer that isn't Bitcoin that has a different name that uses cryptography in a different fashion that right. that could ultimately you know supplant it. Um, but I think that oh god, there's I have so many angles I could take this. There's there's a real <laughs> danger that that the uh, what's the name of the company that's going bankrupt right now the, in the crypto sphere? It's oh uh, BF- FTX, I think. Yeah, it's FTX. Um, I don't know if you've done any research on that yet, but my God, does that look like a CIA thing? <laughs> like it, this guy, his mom was a DNC operative and he's just some like college kid who all of a sudden becomes a multi-billionaire. She had just started a pack to fund Democrat candidates. And then all of a sudden he gets flooded with all of this capital that he's going to put into the cryptocurrency space. It he's he's donating to democrat candidates with this money that came from who knows where and then he turns around and he creates a cryptocurrency trading platform that becomes one of the biggest and now it's obviously a ponzi scheme and it's going to go bankrupt which will now enable the government to come out and regulate the crypto uh market more broadly and it's like this is a two-pronged attack they wanted to create the premise by which they could come in with their their you know uh, <laughs> Captain America cape on and save us all, which is going to be regulating the cryptocurrency market, which, which, which already like, happened, or they already stated they're going to do that. Of, of course, of that. Yeah. yes. Um, but then it also was basically a money laundering operation for Democrat candidates to get elected, and it's like, oh my god, this is so dark, man. Yeah, <laughs> like, I just saw a post about that. Somebody, so apparently, I don't know if it was the one you're talking about, probably. But I, I'm the way it read, it sounded like it was just now that he basically just donated fifty million dollars to some Democrat candidate or something like that. But it could have been the earlier discussion. I'm not sure. I saw it in a passing tweet. But I okay. think interesting because so the way I, I read it, it was in the it was for these most recent midterms. So if if he okay, just yeah. did it to try and like buy himself some political favor so he doesn't go to yeah. prison, that that's a little bit less dark if that's the case. Well, I, either way it spins, it's the same point. I think you're right. I mean, I think like it, it could just be that it happened organically. Like I, I find it harder and harder to think that there are coincidences, coincidences today, but yeah. it could be. But interestingly, how it perfectly lines up with everything you would expect, like right before this happens, right as it's being rolled out, everything collapses. Now, hey, it's a Ponzi scheme. And now they open up the door to investigate these, which will further drop the price. And, you know, it's, and then they're going to scoop up all the assets, like everything else, like Bill, Bill Gates and all the farmland. You know, it's going it's to it's pretty hard to miss this. You know? No, and, it is. I mean, and and that's why I'm I, I used to laugh at Alex Jones and everybody else that was in the conspiracy realm. And I'm like, all right, look, I'm going to reconsider everything you guys said. OK, you, I was wrong. You were right about a lot more. Um, but yeah, this is I mean, this is like basically my show has become essentially a conspiracy theorist show because like the, we are being conspired against on such incredible scale that like i have no choice but to talk about this stuff and if you are a true independent reporter a la yourself or whitney webb or these other people uh corbett it's like look these people are way closer to the truth than everybody else like it's hilarious to me that that any of you guys get written off as conspiracy theorists because it's like they're you're digging into this stuff you're actually and i've been doing the same because i I retired from my mortgage company and i started to do this full time and now all i do is study this stuff and it's like the documentation is there like as alex always screamed i've got the documents it's like (laughs) i do have the documents i'm just reading them i'm just telling you what i'm finding and what i'm finding is horrifying and it looks like they're plotting against us on a global scale (laughs) it's like look, i i am at the point where it doesn't look like that that is literally what's no, happening. What like doing. I'm so far past. Like even, there was a moment, maybe like three months ago, where I'm like, okay, I'm done slow rolling the injection. Like they're dangerous for everybody across the board. And, yeah. and not that, that I mean that was the right point then. And there were other people saying it. Now it's evolved to where we're all 
really understanding that the point is the evidence was always there. Right. right. And that's the point is today. It's like, look, we can see at some core level. I'm not going to say that it's literally everybody at every aspect of this, of course. this discussion, but very clearly there are people that are actively who knew in the beginning you can prove and who still know now and are still trying to hide that truth. That's I don't care how you frame that. And it's not just one of them. There's different levels. There's different countries. I mean, my God, if you can't see by now that this is coordinated, like you're like, this is absolutely coordinated effort. Yeah. Now, whether that was to kill people or to test it or throughout the process, they thought they were doing right. Now they're covering it up. I don't know. But it right. is a coordinated conspiracy. And we just can't shy away from that anymore. I mean, like, I, I love your point there. The last thing is that that you you're saying, well, now I'm a conspiracy show. What, what's interesting is that all that's really expo- ex- exposing is that they've always been calling conspiracy objective discussion of taboo topics. That's all right. it is, you right. know? There may, and yeah, there may be people out there that will jump to conclusions and they have a right to do that. But there are a lot of us out there like, like yourself that are being objective and just going, you know, like to, to my very first time I got censored, what's this going? Could these cause myocarditis? The evidence right. seems to suggest that I didn't say they could censored, you know, yeah. <laughs> look where we are now, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and you're still not back, which yeah, is a yeah, uh, exactly. crime against humanity. As far as I'm concerned, I, yeah, I, I, uh, I don't have any problem with being labeled a conspiracy theorist at this point, because yeah. I feel like if you aren't being labeled that you are not even close to tell, telling the truth, like <laughs> right. not even close. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's just weird because I do consider myself to be a, like a, a rational conspiracy theorist. Like I am, I am really trying not to overstate my case. Mm-hmm. Like, but when I come to a conclusion that I'm certain about after reading disparate information and trying to consolidate it into some sort of linear point, uh, I am unapologetic in it. You know, I'm just yeah. like, look, central bank digital currency is a red line. We cannot allow it. Like it's the end of all liberty for yeah. anybody that that is in that system. So um, that and then ESG, I think that even though it is very complicated to explain to people um, because of my background in finance, I feel like I have a, a competitive advantage, you know, so to speak in explaining this to people. And and I've really tried to get it across. Like this is, this is absolutely how wokeism has taken over corporate America and yeah. the global economy more broadly. And it's just, you have to be aware of it because if, if you aren't aware of that, then you think that this is truly an organic creation, you know, just something mm-hmm. that arose from the culture. And it's like, well, it's also partially that, but it's so much more deep and it's yeah. so much more nefarious. And like, if you are in opposition to it, which I am, well, then you have to understand this stuff. And I'm sorry if it's complicated. I'm sorry if it takes me a couple hour long episodes to express it to you. But like, if you really care, I hope you're willing to dedicate that time, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think it's important to point out that like for instance, even with the COVID thing, like the amnesty conversation, like just because these people were wildly wrong, maybe smug, they were still <laughs> fooled, right? I mean, they still True. thought they were, you know, just because they didn't want to look at what you put in front of them, which is their choice. They were still fooled like everybody has been in the past. And it's the same idea there is that, or for example, the point of sustainability in the 2030 agenda, sustainability is not a bad thing. They're no. just not actually fighting for sustainability right. but in the, in the two party paradigm. It's either become sustainability bad or all, you know, or everything, you know, or everything we're pushing. That's not actually sustainability, you know, and that's, yeah. The point is in the ESG field, or as you pointed out, that the organic part of it, there are plenty of people in the world that are just too stupid, I argue, or maybe just too willfully blind to the politics to see that they're not actually fighting for that, you know, to your point. I I would argue (laughs) all you need to do to understand how ridiculous this is, is look at the the UK and even to a degree, the United States have now added caveats that, well, we're going to allow oil and gas and nuclear weapons to be categorized as ESG 
because they are a means to an end for freedom, which allows us to spread green ideas or whatever their ridiculous right. argument is. There, it's done. It's over. That's it, it. Wasn't real. If that's what they're doing, it's a joke. Yeah. Well, and at its core, it has always been about what the government wants. So, right. right. Like to expect that to be in alignment with your belief system when you're some like green new dealer it's you're just you're just extraordinarily naive and i don't say that with any anger or hatred for you just like come on like (laughs) do you honestly think that the government is going to sacrifice itself to reduce carbon on this on the planet like right which uh, the whole conversation is not even the arguably not even the right direction to go but i i agree but i'm just arguing from their perspective like they're they're they've been convinced that it's the most dangerous thing facing the planet and i think it's probably the one thing that we don't need to worry about at all but you know i can't get that across to them so i just have to try and convince them hey if you actually believe this is an existential threat the last thing you want to do is turn towards the government and say fix this please what have they fixed in your lifetime great question you know i mean what's what's i think we need to recognize is that they're you know First of all, it's environmental, societal, and governmental, right? That's the, what it stands for, essentially. Social and government, yeah. And government, yeah. And and it's a, it's or so governance. arguably trying to fight for these tenets that are going to change the world, right? And that's what they're arguing. But so how about we start with the fact that you're currently murdering people and starving them to death in Yemen or, you know, these, no, 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 but let's lay out these groundworks where you have to be responsible the way we say you have to be. But we're going to meanwhile continue to use nuclear weapons and oil and gas because we claim we're allowed to. Like, it's just such an obvious sidestep. You know that well, the account, and, just like- and we don't use nuclear power. <laughs> like the one thing that nu- that nuclear energy would actually be a benefit to humanity, but the nuclear weapons are okay. But nuclear power is extraordinarily dangerous, and exactly. we must avoid it uh, all the way up to the point that in Germany, your utility bills are seven x because you, in in an insane fashion, decided to continue with this plan of shutting down the the, the last nuclear power plants that you had in your country as you're leading into a conflict with Russia, who's the primary supplier of oil and gas to your country. Oh, and you also have a pipeline that comes through that gets blown up by not your government, but I think the UK government, but. We'll set that aside. Uh, I think both. I think they're both. There's, I think, evidence that shows they're both coordinated in the effort. But the UK seems to be the just in my research. Yeah, but again, I think that they were. The yeah, they were the you know operators on the ground, in my opinion. But who yeah, knows? Yeah. Uh, but regardless, it's like, like, so you're going to talk about sustainability, right? What? Where's the sustainability for the people that live on this planet right now? Like, right. Because if they freeze to death this winter, there is no sustainability for those folks. Do you care about them? Are you discussing anything about their plight? No, you're not. So, like, I just drop the humanitarian nonsense. I don't buy it. You're frauds, and I consider you dangerous to humanity. I really do. 100%. I mean, you, you can't – I mean, just taking the example of, like, the Dutch farmers, for example, it's like you – literally the government itself is is – responsible for hands down more even again even whether or not that's even what we need to be dealing with but in their context that you know the emissions and nitrogen and, and the whole con- you know but but yet you could point at the u.s government or even the, the the any most of these governments and that is a far bigger problem than what they're saying they're doing but we've or even the bigger companies but you're focusing on the, the organic farmers like it just takes a special kind of stupid to not see like the the, the intentional destruction of the system to rationalize what they say is better even if they really think that to your point, you're hurting people to get there. It's just, it's, it, that's why I don't think anybody's buying this truly. No, no. And I mean, this is why I was so in opposition to the, if it saves just one life line of reasoning when it came to lockdowns, because that yeah. was, if people can remember all those years ago now, uh, that's, that's what, that's the, uh, the mean that they were running with. And I was like, 
That is so short-sighted, and yeah. also it is completely counter to reality. Yeah. The economy matters, folks. If you shut down the global economy, even if it's only 20% of it or something like that, you're going to have shortages, which create inflation. You're going to have shortages, which create starvation. It's, I mean, the, the, the lives that are going to be lost because of this. And then on top of that, you have the drug addiction and suicide rates and everything else that goes along with it. It's like you just cannot allow the government to, to manage the global economy. You can't do it. It's, it's so dangerous. I mean, this is the whole reason communism fails. Like, we all know this. But yet people still bring it up like just well, I mean, it's just a small sacrifice. You just got to stay home for three months, Clint. It's no big deal. It's like, yeah, well, if the whole world does that, everything collapses. Do you understand? And like, here we are. Yeah, <laughs> here exactly. We are. Exactly. Well, I mean, what, what's frustrating, though, is that we're, you know, the bottom line, you can see that this was a choice and it was designed and we're watching it happen. They knew that people would suffer just like with the injection. Like these aren't questions that we should be quibbling about anymore or, just, or talking points. You know, it's obvious that this was meant to put people in a position of dramatic insecurity. Like the, I, like I said in the past, that we are now under U.S. sanctions. That's what this is. Mm-hmm. Like, look at what the, the, the premise of U.S. sanctions or just sanctions in general are that you put them on. And this used to be the ge- generally accepted reality, whereas today we pretend like it's for freedom or whatever. But the point is that it it's written down that you do this to hurt the people in the, right. in the interest of driving those people to revolt against their government. Right. Exactly. That's where we are today. Right. We are right now. We are they're being put in a desperate position so that we call for the destruction of the system for something new. That's what I think. I genuinely well, that, think that's what that's we are. fascinating because, I mean, that's the entire premise of the color color revolutions, which I brought exactly. up. Prior, you know, um, who if if so, what is the what's the goal there? Do you know? Well, in regard to what the Great Reset kind of a thing? No, no, no. I'm saying if if they are sanctioning us to try and get us to revolt, is it just? Oh, I guess it would probably be so that then they can roll out kind of a totalitarian state to suppress. Essentially, us. well, yeah. I, I look at it going one of two ways. I mean, th- this is where I kind of potentially roll. And as always, we're theorizing here, but you roll sure. in like the vanilla ISIS part of this, the Republican MAGA threat, and whether that's been used, as you pointed out, to justify a, a totalitarian control. You're all in danger. You know, right. massive martial law, lockdown kind of thing, and then while that's there. We just execute, they execute it, right? The, the digital ID or whatever else right, or right, right, attack right. on some kind of financial institution. Like who knows how that could play out, I mean, but, or it could just simply be, they, you know, they put, they get you to a point of such desperation. Uh, literally, if you literally can't feed your family, like they're going to come out with a solution and say, okay, well, here's what we're going to do. It, we're altruistic, right? We're going to just dole out money to everybody. But the only way to do that right is to do it through a digital identification. We'll send it to your phone. It'll be simple, you know, right. and, it, and it's just a starting point and it will grow from there. That's just, you know, my, my estimation. No, I, I think you're, I think you're right. Yeah, and, and I mean, that's, what's so concerning is that I, I do believe that in the next, I, honestly, I think 2023 will be the hardest economic year of our lives. Like, I really do think that. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it hasn't been easy recently. So, like, for yeah. me to say that is <laughs> a pretty, pretty big statement. Um, but I, I I just don't know how the economy can recover from the, the financial manipulation that's happening. I, I don't think we're supposed to. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm with you on that. It's just like I, I try and hold on to hope that, like, the... The, the economy is an, is an intre- tremendously resilient organism because it's just billions of people that are all seeking their best outcomes, essentially. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so you never know, but it, it really does feel as if the, the deck has been stacked so hard against us that it's just nothing you can do to work through the amount of fiat that's been pumped into the system or, or you know, electronically entered into the system. It's yeah. very... Very scary, man. And I, I just know that that's for those that are completely unaware as to what transpired, they're going to conclude that, you know, a, capitalism has failed. Right. You know, 
and, right. and that, that scares me deeply because I am a believer in capitalism. And I think it's the greatest uh, economic model to ultimately create the most human flourishing. But if you, if you've been convinced that this is capitalism when it's not, mm-hmm. you're going to come away saying, okay, well it failed. We need to turn towards the state entirely this time. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, I mean, it's actually kind of hard not to see that they're rationalizing fascism from every possible angle while not saying that, like by calling everybody else fascist, but literally rolling out i mean that's not even rolling out we are there we are watching the historical classic i think italian kind of definition of like the yes. state merging with the with the government i mean or not state but the the business aspect yeah. or whatever the term is merging Cor- corporations sure corporate yeah and i think that's we're there already that i mean that's the whole premise for the public private partnership global direction i mean they're like fascism except yeah. light you know like and, that's what and, trying to sell you. and the crazy thing is you have you know people running around calling themselves anti-fascists that are burning down cities and it's like it's it's like you have fascism in fact you are endorsing and supporting the people that are propagating it like the but biden administration acting in a fascist fascistic way while yes. screaming anti-fascism it's, yeah. it's, it's well but, you're also suppressing speech <laughs> of, of, of your political opponents which is classic fascistic uh you know modeling so it's all, it's all terrible. And, oh. and I mean, ESG has made the fascistic model a global thing, which has never right. happened with fascism before. Fascism has always had a nationalistic bent. That's why I, I view it as kind of a, a communal fascist model where it's it's really communist because communists usually want a global uh, system structure. And and the uh, well, not I'm sorry, there's obviously there's communes. I'm talking about the governmental communism where it ends up being kind of a totalitarian state that wants to take over the world. Uh, Mm -hmm. But fascism, which usually was nationalistic now because of their relationship with the big businesses, it's and and all of the central banks globally, it's essentially going to be a global fascist model. It's. The worst of both worlds. Sounds fun. I'm looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah, good times. I, I, t- I tend to see the, I mean, personally, I know that there historically there's been a focus on communism, uh, you know, and, and I, I have a problem with government, quite frankly, like just government in general. But I think it's, it's, it's for a lot of people in the two-party paradigm, it's one or the other usually. And I tend to think it's any government can coalesce power at the top. And we're, we're literally seeing that in the United States to call it democracy, whatever you want. We're still seeing that happen. So right. I just think it's it's better to look at any government can always end up centralized to the top and that power will be abused. They can call it whatever they want. That's right. what I'm worried about. You know, and yeah. I think that's what's happening now. And it's either, you know, China, bad guy, Russia, bad guy or whatever the difference. It's all of it. I mean, all these governments are trying to take advantage of the situation as best they can to their own interests, you know, of and course. possibly working together to get there. I, I, you know, we just need well, to start standing up against that kind of collection of power. Yeah, I mean that's <clears throat> it's a, a story as old as time. I mean that, this is what governments do, and the people have to break free of the propaganda to be able to realize what they're up against and to realize like who their true enemies are. It's, it ain't your neighbor, friends. Yeah. Like it's just not. And so, this is where I'm positive today, is I think that's what's happening right now. I, that's exactly what I was going to say, and I was just going to, uh, you know, pat you on the back for the work you're doing because I, you. I I agree. I think it's the people like you that are are getting, you know. Even if we get some stuff wrong, we are trying to tell the truth. Desperately, we are trying. Like that's what the that's what the world needs. They right. need people that are seeking truth. And and uh, because of these alternative platforms, because of these workarounds that we're all coming up with, pirate radio or pirate streaming or whatever, um, I, I feel like it's going to get out there. And it's just a matter of like, will people listen? You know, and and I think more and more are. Will it be enough? Time will tell. Here, here, man. And I think it's a good place to put a pin in for today. I, I definitely appreciate your objectivity clint and just the work you're doing and i i I hope you continue to rise in success around this because i think right now people are desperately thirsty for any like you just said anybody out there that's willing to just you know 
essentially take it on the chin to be able to tell the truth because they're right. attacking and censoring and pulling out financial institutions and you know and you're going to keep going and I, I respect that and i think that's what we all need so thank you for for joining me today and hopefully we can connect again and, and go maybe even have that discussion about the new plot you know whatever that would look yes. like in the future it's very hard well a lot four hours for that conversation <laughs> yeah yeah seriously i no, i'd be happy to man i i obviously we we hope that that's the world that we end up in and we're gonna have to have some ideas to get us there and yeah. to formulate that that way of doing things so uh yeah con- continue to fight man i i know you've been deplatformed by from a lot of places but um you, you'll have my support so keep thank keep you, going man. thank you well thank you all for joining us today and as always question everything come to your own conclusions stay vigilant <laughs>